Welcome back, Ectastic listeners, and thank you for joining me for another episode of Accelerate with Kroppen, where we continue to dive into topics that are at the core of how the agriculture industry can thoughtfully accelerate digital transformation to deliver impact today and as we build for the future. My name is Sujit Janardhanan, and I lead marketing at Kroppen. The industry's current headwinds are clearly driving the need to accelerate the digitalization of agriculture. Given the current challenges and the milestones to achieve, we must enable data-driven agriculture at the core. While for some, it is about adopting innovative farm management methods, and for others, it's about dealing with legacy systems and processes, but time is of the essence. And the key is understanding how we can connect different nodes of agriculture. Connected agriculture is also implying bringing together various stakeholders in the ecosystem through information and seamless communication. In this episode, we will talk about Digitalization 101 as we try to demystify the myths around the digitalization of agriculture. And to do so, uh, I am today joined by Marco Brini, who in his latest ebook, Easy Introduction to Digital Agriculture, provides a very comprehensive overview of the use of technology in agriculture, including topics such as precision farming, data management, and precision livestock farming. His ebook aims to make digital agriculture accessible to a broader audience by providing a clear and concise introduction. And uh, we will make this ebook available as part of a communication follow-up uh, to all the registered participants uh, to this particular episode. Uh, now, quickly introducing Marco. Marco has over two decades of experience leveraging digital innovations to benefit the agriculture industry. With a math degree and MBA, Marco, before focusing on digital agriculture, successfully worked with his teams to develop and bring to market several new technologies and products in the fields of environmental monitoring and risk mitigation, specifically focusing on the Internet of Things, advanced sensors, big data, predictive analytics, AI, all of that matters today in the agriculture space on how they are all converging to add value and solve some of the most complex challenges that the sector faces. He also co-founded three companies receiving much international recognition. Welcome, Marco. It's a pleasure to have you join me in this episode. Thank you, Sujit. My pleasure. Awesome. And before we start busting myths, Marco, uh, I want to quickly ensure that we are able to uh, demystify one of the myths, which is the differentiation between digitalization and digitization. There is this common misconception across industries that they both mean the same. So let's get this straight. Um, digitization is more the process of converting information from a physical format into a digital one. In the agriculture context, it is about collecting and logging data from the field or on-ground activities, for example. Whereas digitalization refers to the broader option and integration of digital technology into all aspects of society, business, and culture. For example, the digitalization of agriculture describes integrating cutting-edge digital technologies into the farm production system, including artificial intelligence, uh, robotics sensors, and communication networks. Now, moving on to the more pressing issues and questions that we intend to try and cover in this episode that stakeholders in the agriculture ecosystem are trying to really address as we all push for more digitalization in this sector. Let's start with how critical is digitalization for agriculture? And 
whether it is really the magic wand that can solve all its panacea. My my real reason for asking this question, which is almost rhetoric, is that the frontline stakeholder in this ecosystem is the grower or farmer. And they don't seem to be able to unlock value for themselves. As per the May 2022 Global Farmers Insights survey results on McKinsey, even in technology-savvy and mature markets like North America and Europe, uh, which largely constitutes of large holder farmer patterns, uh, growers are citing high costs, which is almost 52% of the respondents, and unclear ROI, which was almost 20% of the respondents, as the biggest challenge is to continue adopting farm management systems, which is considered as the basic layer of digitalization or the starting point for digital transformation. And despite all the investments in the ag tech sector and large agribusinesses either building or buying and rolling out their digital solutions to enable and work with their grower ecosystems, there seems to be a gap that we all need to focus on solving better. Marco, what are your thoughts and what have you been seeing as far as this particular phenomenon is concerned? Is it for real? Can we really solve uh, problem statements that growers and farmers need help with solving using AgTech uh, or are there other pieces that we're missing? We do. Uh, well, I believe that digital technology is a combination of several tools that can deliver value. And uh, before really engaging into digital agriculture, I've been hands-on proving that to myself uh, and to the farmers I've been working with uh, in um, 20... 12, 13, uh, we started a large project in Switzerland aiming just to prove that. Nestle and Singent and the Swiss Research Institution and CSCM in order to challenge digital agriculture and um, challenge from the return on investment point of view, from the productivity point of view, from the saving. And we'd be proving that uh, production can be increased up to 600% and uh, water consumption reduced by 50% in cocoa production in Brazil and in Switzerland. We've been proving that we could save uh, up to 20, 30% of pesticide while mitigating equivalently the risk of pests and diseases. So it was uh, already several years ago and uh, with these results in the hands, they continued to be more and more passionate about digital agriculture. Not as a magic stick. It is not a, a magic stick. And everyone who's considered that and is is not doing good, neither to the farmer nor to the sector. These are just tools. And uh, they need to be used with a wise approach, keeping in mind uh, the interest of the, the farmer, helping the farmer to have uh, better results, reducing cost and <clears throat> increasing the production. And the profits, actually, in order to have a sustainable uh, food system. So this is actually working. There are several, several uh, more and more use cases like the one I mentioned that are proving that the return on investment is possible. And when I'm talking return on investment, I mean uh, the farmer is investing time and money to, for a new digital solution to be implemented and then the farmer wants to have back this money through an increase in productivity 
and then starting to make money. Otherwise, why did it even consider to adopt that? So that that is the key, in my opinion, return on investment on the technology which installed. If we keep in mind always constantly that as a parameter, then we'll really talk really digital agriculture. Then we'll really consider those as tools and uh, we could discriminate because some tool may not be mature enough. Other tool are really mature to be installed and uh, integrated into the farm. Not, not all the tools will be equivalently useful for all farmers. Farm, farming is highly differentiated geographically, by size, by crop type. So you need to, according to what the farm is focusing on, where the, farming, the farm is located, how large is the farm, different tools may be useful, others may be a waste of time, others may be even harmful but the same the same applies for everything awesome and then i want to pick up on one of the cues that you provided right the how it how it actually differentiates uh, across regions across size of farms or farmers who manage different uh, sizes of farm holding or have different farm holding patterns and and I want to double click on that one. If if we truly have to drive adoption from a grower's lens, and which is critical, because at the end of the day, we want the grower ecosystem and community to succeed, like you called out. How do you think relevance and adoption of digital technologies will differ when we are building these for large world of farmers who are a lot more mature, have already are probably well advanced in terms of uh, adopting some of the basics of digitalization that's out there like farm, ma farm management software they're already getting access to some of some of the intelligence solutions integrated and they're really dabbling with it versus small world of farmers uh in emerging markets like asia africa where um you know what the, the digitalization journey itself is still at its nascent stages where they don't even know where to start there are challenges in terms of enablement to really adopt these technologies. So what are some of the things that we need to bring into perspective when trying to solve for these two different segments of growers? Yeah, thank you, Sujit. Uh, it's indeed relevant to make this differentiation. Uh, large farms, and uh, on, on another side, you have a medium farm from developed countries, and then you have the smaller farmers uh, on the other side. And they are—they have completely different um, needs. They have um, completely different access to different technologies. Some technologies can only be used uh, provided an existing infrastructure is there. So you need to keep into consideration all these factors. So, for instance, a large farm may be in a very remote area without internet access. They can build up internet. They have the financial resources to build up a local uh, intranet and connecting all the sensors, even in the absence of internet, and then having a hotspot somewhere that is uh, exchanging the data with the cloud. Small the farmers cannot do that. So, unless an existing infrastructure is present, they can benefit or not from uh, certain technologies. So enabling factor 
are something relevant. And uh, the other to consider is that the large farm is generally more open to innovation. Uh, normally, they are more sophisticated from uh, the economic side. Uh, and, and therefore, what is the innovation, an innovation tool or innovation process is normally already considered because uh, at the end, they want to continuously increase the productivity and the profitability of the farm and anything which is uh, claiming to, to bring some uh, increase in the productivity will be welcomed. Of course, then you have uh, more conservative and more innovative farms, but if they want, they have the financial resources to, to use those. And uh, they can start with pilots. Uh, you know, uh, small the farmers what is a pilot for small the farmers? So, so the, the large farms, as far as I've seen, uh, they are more open for these reasons. Uh, they may have uh, the infrastructure. If they don't have, they can build up the infrastructure that can can be used for several other technologies. They are used to uh, machinery, to innovation into the machinery sector, and the machinery is incredibly sophisticated already. Yeah. Uh, several machines are a way to push digitalization because they're already equipped with digitalization on board, and therefore maybe the entry point, the icebreaker. And so there are several reasons a large farm could lead into that department. Well, medium farm and um, are more challenged, but may be pushed by local um, incentives, by by local um, offer. Uh, you may have several startups uh, present uh, in um, countries such as uh, US, California, especially, or Netherlands, Switzerland, Israel, and several other countries that may locally push these technologies, and therefore medium farms may may consider to to use those just because they are at hand they are very very uh, very very close by so uh, these smaller farmers are a completely different category and um, so far as you said as you mentioned they are not really um, taking advantage of the opportunity of uh, digital technology and uh, the limitation I mentioned are just half of the story. The other half of the story is that the majority of uh, solution provider aren't really focusing on smaller farmers because smaller farmers are more challenging uh, to be economically sustainable from the point of view of uh, a solution provider because there is an additional challenge. And the additional challenge is to aggregate them because the single farmer uh, doesn't make happy the technology provider. The technology provider has to make quite some investment in developing a technology, then testing that, then marketing that. And only to recover all such investment, you need to have uh, quite uh, some sales. And uh, to have some sales in the domain of smaller farmers, it means a lot of sales. So let's say that uh, a medium farmer can, as a customer, can be equivalent to 100 smaller farmers. A large farm can be equivalent to 
ten thousands of the farmers, and so that that is a challenge. But there are solutions, and in my opinion, given the smallholder farmers represent at the international level the largest producer in aggregate of food, we cannot neglect them. And uh, not only, I, I mean, as an economic entity, of course, not at a personal level. And uh, we cannot neglect them as an economic entity and uh, as important for the food system. They are extremely relevant. They help the food system to be more resilient. And therefore, in my opinion, what should happen is to develop uh, technology specifically for smallholder farmers. In an ideal world, this should uh, be based on open source technology and uh, further developed locally by local digital uh, providers, local startups, local professional that should make those solutions ideally based on uh, the, why do I say based on open source? Because the underlying investment of a platform is relevant. And therefore, if you have an underlying investment, which is open, where you just uh, need to focus on the final stage, which is uh, the fine tuning to be locally uh, adapt, uh, locally delivering a value and meeting the local specification, then the investment will be not so relevant. And so a return on investment from the technology provider will be easier. So I do see a future for smaller farmer in that direction. Very interesting thoughts. This one one point uh, or one aspect that I want to add to that is, is also the lens of risk appetite uh, that we clearly see as we uh, go through each of these segments, right? The, the risk appetite to try out something new and and also deal with the impact that it may have is way higher for a large uh, large uh, older uh, farmer as compared to a small farmer uh, farmer. So uh, that's another aspect and very interesting viewpoint on uh, open sourcing the platform. And and I think this is where at Cropin we truly believe that the onus of investing and building the right digital solutions for the sector that will help maximize per acre value for every stakeholder should lie with our key players in this in this ecosystem. One is the governments by helping us build the right data infrastructure because the data infrastructure is probably going to be the uh, the the biggest investment that we need to make. Something that is easily accessible, so it could be things like. Uh, digital land records, access to uh, climate data for the region, and so it's with a bunch of other things that we could actually include in the right data infrastructure component, and policies uh, to be able to drive incentives and adoption for technologies, or uh, to be able to ensure that we're able to drive more fin access to financial resources, especially when you talk about the the medium-sized farmers and the small small-sized farmers uh, that that you referred to earlier. And the other player is really agribusinesses who work with growers to produce for the food, uh, feed, and fiber value chain that this planet needs today and for tomorrow. Uh, Marco, in your thoughts, right? what are some of the challenges and risks that these large agribusinesses need to know as they evaluate, uh, buy, or build, and deploy digital technologies within their global grower ecosystems. 
and how can they really mitigate some of these risks? Excellent point. Yeah, these are indeed players that are fundamental. Uh, they are the ones who are dominating the current food system. And um, they need to make themselves uh, questions, in my opinion, if they want to remain uh, to lead the food system in the next uh, 10, 20 years. Because the food system is completely changing. This is a revolution ongoing. Although it is uh, in its infancy, it is still at its infancy. Uh, the digital tool will completely change the entire food ecosystem. So, several, if not all, uh, the, the agribusiness uh, on one side, so the input provider on one side, uh, the machinery uh, players in the the food companies are all engaging into, into digitalization from different angles. Some uh, on the, to deliver more of their solution, some of, um, to really make sure that the, the food system is more resilient uh, on critical specific crops. What is the major challenge? The major challenge is that uh, it is not possible that each one is continuing to build up its own uh, specific solution close to the other. It doesn't work because the farmer at the end will be conditioned and forced to work with a system that are really not talking with each other. They will be forced as they are now to input their data on a separated system and uh, it's a nonsense. It, it is adding complexity to the life of the farmer. And therefore, what we need is uh, interoperability on several levels. We need to go beyond a specific ego. In my opinion, the one who will be winning are the one who will be more open, open and interoperable. And therefore, this seems to be a contradiction, but we have seen this already in, in several other sectors and several other technologies. When you open up and you adopt a standard and uh, you are more transparent in digitalization, that pays off. So this is really uh, a must, the, which is interoperability among the data which you mentioned. Another must is interoperability among the solution. So as a, a solution provider, you don't need just to provide a solution that is serving your existing services. If you are an agribusiness, you need to provide a holistic solution or a solution that is able to integrate with any other solution. Therefore, the farmer, in an ideal world, the farmer would just uh, connect with one uh, thing. And this one thing may be a composition of several things. This is the concept uh, of the metaverse. The metaverse is trying to deliver that message, really to go beyond the specific environment of each own solution and trying to give uh, the user the experience of navigating easily without boundaries among one solution to the other. So uh, that was called interoperability in the past. Now it's called the uh, metaverse even though it's not really one-to-one, -one, but uh, I believe it delivers the message. So the, I believe the, 
the short answer is uh, every agribusiness need to reinvent its, its own business model, having it fully digital, having the digital as the backbone to remain in business and win market shares in the future. Number two, uh, interoperability. And also I didn't mention data ownership and uh, all the farmer has to be guaranteed and the solution interoperability has to be embedded. These three variables uh, will be a winning factor. Plus one to that, and then I think considering the scale of the the problem that we are talking about, um, an industry that touches over a billion lives who act directly or indirectly really work in this sector, uh, the complexity of the fact that we've got smallholder farmers, which is a large percentage of the population that we need to really uh, enable and really uplift so that they can drive more productivity out of the resources that they have. Um, and obviously also the markets that we are talking about that we truly need to really transform. I think these are really, really huge complex challenges. And I think uh, hence the whole open mindset and ensuring that you think like an ecosystem player and think of solutions that you're building as ecosystem solution that can integrate and interoperate with each other is super important and not get locked in into any ecosystem. And at Cropping, we've been really focused on building solutions to solve two core gaps that we have clearly seen that plague the agriculture sector. One is the uh, accessibility to information. There's a there's a huge uh, gap as far as of accessibility to information is concerned. And the second one is communication gap, the ability to really let this information flow uh, seamlessly from one stakeholder to another one who truly needs it in real time and when they really need it to solve the problems that they, they're trying to solve. And this could be within stakeholders, it could be within an agribusiness, for example, between various divisions, it could be between various ecosystem players, like between growers and governments or agribusinesses and, and consumers. And and with all that we are talking about as progress that this, this sec sector has really made, I still see limited progress. All the investment and the maturing of technologies available today, some aspects that I truly believe are the reason for this tentativeness uh, to adoption range from not looking at digital transformation projects holistically, like you called out earlier, where it is not only about bringing in new technologies, but fully enabling change and adoption at every level of the value chain and being thoughtful about this process because we are talking about changing something that's been probably running for centuries, if not decades, and being handed over from one generation to the other. Uh, also considering the fact that this is probably one sector where a large number of the, the elements that impact it are not man-made, but God-made. And not just that, but also understand that uh, digital transformation isn't a one-time exercise. It, it is an ongoing process, especially considering that we are still in the early stages of this transformation in the sector. Uh, unlike some other industries like financial services or retail. Uh, Marco, from your experience uh, and all that you've seen, and especially considering that you worked with some of these cutting-edge technologies, both outside of agriculture and then right now as you work with the agriculture ecosystem, what are some of the key technologies that can truly drive digitalization and its adoption in the sector? And how are they transforming this space? 
and and some of the related questions, right? As it seems like myths, barriers, blockers. Uh, hey, technology is super expensive and complex. Uh, it is going to be difficult for us to deploy and adopt, uh, which largely stems from have you really contextualized and clearly articulated what the problem statement is? Who are the users? Have you put together a change management framework? A lot of that needs to be addressed and not just the technology part, but can you also touch upon some of these myths of barriers and blockers that probably are holding back the adoption and what could uh, players in this ecosystem, especially agri businesses, undertake to be able to address this uh, more holistically? Yes, thank you, Sujit. Sure. Um, the, the list is really long. And uh, of course, uh, the agricultural sector tend to be a little conservative also. Farmers tend to be a little conservative. And, and therefore, we need to include within the factors uh, an aging factor. So several young uh, potential farmers just uh, decide not to be a farmer and go into doing other jobs because farming is less attractive. The older farmers and there's plenty of statistics uh, are less familiar with the digitalization and therefore will not be really interested, maybe more interested in a new machine, but less into the digitalization. So there is a generation generational problem, there is some conservative problem, but all these can be overcome because at the end a farmer is an entrepreneur. And when an entrepreneur sees uh, the potential of uh, increasing the productivity and reducing the risk through any tool, they will use it. So the key point is really that, and you touched uh, also another very, very important point, with, with, which is the process. And the process is much more visible at um, in correlation with the size of a farm. The larger the farm, the more complex the process. And uh, a farm which is uh, just one person who has just a small farmer with, with his family or some few additional supporters has a simpler process. Therefore, uh, talking about a uh, more complex process, in talking about what are the tools which may be the icebreaker for digital agriculture, certainly ERP uh, are among the most important tools to start with because a farm is uh, eventually um, a company. And so it has to follow all the company rules, cost, revenues, warehouse, and um, the, the counting of uh, the human resources uh, and all the activities, microprocess planning. So the ERP does that, is addressing these uh, factors. And ERP is not a question mark. ERP is, uh, is a no-brainer. In any, in any other sector, ERP has been delivering value and is fully adopted. In agriculture, it took much more time for several reasons. And uh, ERP is strictly connected with the fund process. And to adopt an ERP, you need to go through several steps. The step number one is uh, let's map the current process. Step number two, let's see if the current process is really what the company wants. Because <laughs> often uh, they are just doing things uh, as they did yesterday and the day before, but there is no time to stop and think how could we do things better. 
And when you're going to adopt an ERP, then that's the time. And so you may think to reconsider the, the, the processes and will be a very interesting exercise to write the manual. I had that in mind. It's just, it's a matter of time, but really to write the guidelines, how to do that, uh, step by step. And, uh, eventually you want to fine tune the existing process. If it's, uh, okay, or fine tune existing process with the tool you're going to implement and no, not all tools are equal. So some tool uh, will be more flexible, other will be better for your situation and so on and so forth. Other will be just the, the best one in your specific location because you mentioned the, the subsidies and several tools will uh, embed uh, a digital tool to make the subsidies easier or reporting easier. So those things will be certainly the entry point in, uh, in digital agriculture. Also, ERP will uh, act as hub of information, in my opinion, will be the central uh, data collector of all the other. And therefore, the other digital agriculture solution, maybe smart watering, maybe uh, it may be fertilization optimization, agronomic recommendation for pests and diseases, and harvesting support, robotic, all these could ideally uh, integrate with uh, with the ERP, and the ERP could be the gateway that is then uh, providing the data to the government and the other external entities, which may be also a provider of inputs and or the buyer of the food. In my opinion, this is the best way to to organize the system. Did I address your question? So is it you did, Marco. In fact, I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll double click or pick up some of the points you mentioned. So the first one was on the fact that uh, mapping out your current processes and then analyzing if, if these are exactly the processes that the business truly wants to take forward before you start uh, applying it uh, or trying to solve it using uh, the digital tools that you probably are shortlisting. Um, uh, we have typically seen that this is generally the gap and uh, a lot of our customers try and retrofit uh, their existing processes into the tech, whereas the technology can actually uh, enable this process to be a lot more efficient and uh, both in terms of turnaround times, even in terms of the, the effort that is required to be able to uh, get some of the things done. But you know what, they don't want to make that change because that then involves change management on the ground. So a lot of the times then it uh, goes into a, a process of, hey, you know what, let's bring in multiple point solutions. And that creates what we have seen as a technology sprawl in this sector, especially within agribusinesses. A ton of point solutions built in to match what the existing processes are not trying to see if there's a better way to simplify and make some of these processes more efficient. So there is generally a gap of what I call as business analysts who can articulate and interpret both sides of this language or the Skype. Uh, and we realize that this space doesn't really need more white solutions. What it needs is really an ecosystem platform that can help and integrate and enable all stakeholders, empower them by democratizing access to data and intelligence at scale. And that really got us started on our journey with Cropping Cloud that we launched early last year. Uh, and this is 
the first industry cloud platform that is purpose built to solve for agriculture. Uh, we still have a long way to go and we are feverishly working with all our customers across the globe to integrate, enable, iTrade and learn and, and make adoption of all that technology has to offer easier, uh, economically feasible and most, most importantly, accessible to all. Uh, now, Marco, uh, I know that you, uh, like I said, you always are working with cutting-edge technologies. Uh, what is your view? What do you see as the future of digital agriculture? And what steps can we take to ensure that it continues to be the transformative force for good in this sector? Yeah, you mentioned some, Sujit, um, some key. Uh, I do agree with you uh, that uh, you have a you have a constellation of several independent solutions that are that are constantly coming to the market with different level of maturity, but you have already quite a significant number of uh, available solutions that can already that have been proven to deliver value, and therefore, while we need um, more improvement of each single uh, solution being ROI-oriented, so return on investment oriented, each one should prove uh, that the farmer would return its own investment from year one, two or three, if it's a 10-year solution. It, yes, we'll need to have these, uh, at this point, we need to start thinking and acting to glue all these together, to allow the creation of an ecosystem that makes the life easier to the farmer. For instance, uh, let's imagine uh, a sort of uh, iTunes or Android. So when you have uh, this platform, you have a single smartphone in your hand, and then you can download easily new apps, and then you can log in through Google and the new apps, or through, through iTunes in the new app. And so your effort register and all this stuff, it's uh, one second, it's one click. And then you start using that. And uh, that is the experience a farmer needs. I'm not just making an example, of course. And that, uh, and of course, then it's much more complex because you need to have the data transmitted to the government and so in the entire food system. So how do I see that? I see, I see developing in this way. I see... Uh, a sort of uh, one or two or three ideally possible data highway that will guarantee interoperability. Some of them may be open, some other may be proprietary. And uh, this would allow the data transfer among different um, specific solution provider. Having a single cloud, like you mentioned, when everyone can easily uh, um, switch from uh, an application to another is, is something absolutely needed, specifically for agriculture. And I see that the, well, the digitalization would uh, really move uh, the focus from uh, the specific farmer, the specific farm, to the entire food system. It has to be fully integrated because at the end, the farm is uh, the key element because it's the it's there that food is produced. But then the other key element is the consumer. 
So we want these to easily be connected. And, and therefore, the interoperability, the data highway that may be using blockchain and other technologies would really need to have this fully transparent, why guaranteed the, the data ownership and, uh, and the privacy. And that having a constellation of uh, solutions that work in concert into this, into this large highway. And the one was uh, the players would with, uh, uh, develop this data highway will have uh, the largest chance to win uh, the race. Yeah, last one to that, Marco. And and with that, we come towards the end of this episode and kind of just summarizing some of the the barriers, blocks, slash myths that we address. Right, we started off with just just try to simplify or differentiate between what is digitization versus digitalization. Uh, we spoke about keeping the the grower at the core, um, uh, the difference between how digital solutions can solve and can be accessible or can be used by uh, large-holder farmers to medium-sized farmers to small-holder farmers and, and how why that is critical. Uh, and is it's important as you build solutions for each of these farmer segments and not think of painting uh, all three of them with one single paintbrush, thinking that uh, it, it's similar problems that they're solving. That is going to be critical. So uh, adaptability of the solutions for all these kind of farmer segments is critical. Uh, we we touched upon the, the need for having an open ecosystem mindset, both in terms of how you build solutions or how you buy and integrate solutions, where interoperability is going to be super, super critical. Uh, and not think of it as locked-in systems. Uh, again, thinking of the grower at the end of the day, we connected point that we discussed is around uh, the the data ownership uh, and the value that we can deliver back to the growers uh, and, and ensuring that the concepts of expensive uh, investments we made in technology or digital transformation has to be in context of what's the kind of total cost of ownership that you are able to uh, build out for the business or your entire ecosystem, as well as the ROI that you can drive, both for your business as well as for the growers who engage with you. And at the end of the day, as you look into the future, clearly look at this as an ongoing process that we all are just getting started on. And hence, you will need to map out all the, that you currently have as part of your business processes, both at a business level, at the field level, what you do with the ecosystem, including growers, see how you can rebuild those or to be a lot more efficient and effective as you start adopting digital tools and technologies to be able to make it more efficient. At the end of the day, we are definitely dealing with limited resources on this planet, be it water, be it the cultivable land area that we have, as well as the grower population that is constantly under pressure to look at other uh, sources of sustainable livelihoods than farming. And we want to ensure that we uh, build a much more sustainable livelihood future for them. And for that, we will have to build this to be a much more efficient ecosystem. And all of these aspects are going to matter. Um, and this probably also sets stage for our next episode, where we will actually have a practitioner from an agribusiness uh, share with us their experience in driving digital transformation within their business. With that, thank you again for joining us on this particular episode. And thank you, Marco, for sharing all your insights 
I loved some of the uh, ground truth realities that you brought up in our discussion today. Uh, and I'm sure the audience will wait to have you uh, join us in the next episode along with the practitioner too. Thank you, Susie. My pleasure.